My name is Scott Challoner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. And what is a cool, crisp morning here in the capital as we record today's programme, I'm delighted to say that Phil Brown, director at Alan Brown, is joining me on the programme today. Uh, Phil, welcome to the show, and it's a pleasure having you with us. Good morning, Scott. Yes, and uh, thank you for having me. Now, just for those regular listeners who may not be familiar with Phil and his business, um, Alan Brown is a long-established accountancy practice based in Worcestershire. And Phil, yourself, you've got well over 20 years of experience within the field, haven't you? I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, we're very fortunate that we are situated in the uh, in the Malvern Hills. So um, the walk to work every morning is, is always quite nice and enjoyable. Um, the business itself has been here oh, over 30 years now when Dad first set it up. Um, and I joined back about five years ago um, to take over the reins and he still hasn't retired yet. He's still doing some work for me, which is always good. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very good at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. Lovely scenic part of the uh, the world for sure. And I can imagine that sort of having access to that would have really helped sort of in the early part of last year when we were first sort of feeling the impact of the uh, the COVID lockdown for certain. Um, so just talking about that a little bit, um, what sort of effect first and foremost did um, the pandemic bring to your business, would you say, Phil? Yeah, well, I think like most organisations, it, it, it hit us, um, gave us a number of challenges that uh, at the time we weren't really expecting. We were probably very fortunate that at the back end of 2019, we'd actually moved into a cloud-based um, computer system, which allowed us to work from home a bit easier. But of course, then while, while working from home and furlough was great, HMRC kindly didn't... Um, change any deadlines for things like VAT or corporation tax filings. So we still had a lot of work to do to ensure our clients met all their obligations. So it was mm. sort of a balance for us between managing staff safety and health and also ensuring our clients met their uh, met their obligations. And was it sort of a difficult task actually sort of maintaining morale both within your own sort of staff workforce and also among some of your clients who might have been struggling with this um, with these obligations during this time? Yeah, no, to be fair, the, the staff were very, very good. Um, we had to balance, as I say, they were able to work from home, which helped them. Some of them have child issues, which meant that, the, the, you know, not child issues, but, but children. So, um, you know, that meant working from home was slightly more complicated. But mm. generally speaking, there was, there was almost sort of a let's muck in and get it done approach. Um, from a client perspective, I think the initial pandemic was more a question of what do we need to do in order to survive and and in particular around things like the government grants and access to the furlough scheme time frames for that and, and, and certainly in the first six eight weeks it was more a question of pulling together as much information for all our clients as possible to to get access to the either the self-employed income grant or accessing the furlough schemes for the, for the clients we run the payroll for yeah, so very, very busy times indeed. And we've sort of touched on as well the fact that sort of you'd already moved toward a little bit of a kind of hybrid working model before the pandemic. So it made that transition a little bit easier. And I think given the sort of change to the working sort of landscape that we've seen over the course of the last uh, couple of years, it's quite obvious that these working practices are going to be here to stay sort of across the board, aren't they? So I suppose that's quite advantageous for you. Yeah, totally. Um, we've certainly seen now, rather than face-to-face meetings and trying to get clients into the office to run through their accounts or approve accounts or you know tax returns, Zoom and and, and other um, obviously on um, sort of camera-based 
um, systems have really helped with that, that we're not needing to get clients into the office, which has sped up approvals. We're using online approval processes now. So we are seeing a change to our working models, which going forward uh, is something that obviously we'll keep doing. It's still nice to sit down and run through accounts with people face-to-face, um, but actually just expediting the sign-off of accounts and accounts approval, it's certainly something that we'll continue to do going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just because as well that... Um Obviously, adaptability has been a real buzzword of the sort of last two years. Um, And we've seen an unprecedented level of that and of innovation from businesses to sort of keep pivoting and in order to keep their services running for their clients. Um, But as well as that, learning has been a key buzzword of the last year as well. It's been probably one of the biggest learning curves for businesses that we've ever seen within our time. Um, And of course, you've been chugging along pretty well by the sounds of it, uh, Phil. But would you say that you've sort of learned anything from this experience that you've had? sort of guiding Alan Brown through this? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think I think certainly the phrase, that, 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 as you say, flexibility was the one that we've been using in the office. Um, we're now seeing different clients with different requirements. I mean, we still have a number of clients who are very, very paper-based and want to bring in their um, documents on a um, annual basis, you know, in a, in a, I wouldn't say sort of a, a, a shoebox of receipts, but that's sometimes what we see. We've certainly seen then other clients who wanted to change the way they produce their accounts and have moved to more of a an online system. And again, we've certainly facilitated that. And I think for us, it's a question of recognizing that, that going forward, each client is still going to be different. And we, we're obviously trying to make it as easy as possible for our clients to send, our, send their information to us. But it's got to be in a way that they're comfortable with doing as well. And I think we've got to reflect that in our working models. Um, and that's certainly something we're taking forward now into the into the next year, 12 months. Yeah, and it's certainly seen from uh, his budget speech recently that Chancellor Rishi Sunak was very optimistic about the uh, the future and the way that the economy is heading. He certainly talked up the hard-won gains of the economic reopening happening when it did in this country. Um, are you seeing that sort of same optimism within business and that people are now sort of really looking forward to hopefully leaving the pandemic behind and moving forwards now? So, yeah. Definitely at the moment. Of the clients we've seen sort of post-pandemic, uh, most of our clients are working on reasonably full order books, which is great. Um, there is an issue around raw materials and getting some of the, the mm. materials in in order for them to support that and deliver that order book. But generally speaking, most of them are, are, are looking positive. I think going back to the phrase around flexibility, we've certainly seen some of our clients have changed their working models um, some of which are saying, well, look, you know, we don't need to chase every last nickel and dime. We can actually choose the work we want to do because, you know, it's still generating us enough profit. Uh, we've seen clients change their, their, their working models. So, you know, we, we, we support a, a marquee company who obviously had to shut down pretty much from day one. But they were able to change their marquee to putting up long-term hires for companies as has meant that that's changed the way they're now looking forward. Um, so we are seeing most of our clients are reasonably confident in the way that things are going to pan out in the future with an element of, and actually with new working models and, and new markets almost, um, it gives us reason to be confident. And um, obviously, 
um, in recent months, the UK government um, actually extended its uh, Making Tax Digital programme for SMEs within the UK to sort of April 2022. And um, obviously, um, Making Tax Digital for Income Tax has actually been delayed until sort of the following year as well. So there's a little bit of time before MTD sort of gets implemented in the UK as one of those sort of developments within your industry. And I understand that Alan Brown has played quite a big role in trying to sort of facilitate the drive towards that transition as well. So I suppose that's something on the horizon too. It, it, it is, and certainly, I mean, we found the approach we took when they implemented making tax digital for VAT was we can certainly look at different ways of facilitating our clients to, to meet their requirements, and each client is different in how they're doing it, uh, but they're all within the, um, the guidelines, so that's great. It's, we're finding that actually, though, some of that MTD work is, is making it slightly more efficient in terms of the way we're doing the year-end accounts. Um, so from an income tax perspective, that's well, we're already planning now to sort of work out how best we can move our clients across to making tax digital without actually causing too much angst for them. I, I know there's a few that are um, slightly more nervous about it, should we say, who are still very paper-based. Mm. Uh, but we will have to make sure that we're able to support them in in how we can meet their obligations almost for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it certainly does. And like when you talk about people who are sort of traditionally paper based and maybe do have that hesitancy to move forward, I suppose it's just another case of having to kind of move with the times, isn't it? And we've seen that in abundance over the course of the year, the last two years. And this is just another example of that. And so adaptability, flexibility, they're still going to be the buzzwords of the next sort of two, three, maybe five, 10 years, even though obviously it might not need to be quite as hasty as we've seen in the last two. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, definitely agree with that. But we, we have to recognise, and I always say this to our clients, they, they ask us how best to you know, prepare their accounts. And I always say to them, you know, the most important way for you to do your accounts is the way that you understand them. Um, and as long as you understand them, we can then work out how we need to interpret that information to, to ensure your obligations are met. We do that with MTD for VAT, and we'll have to do that with MTD for income tax because trying to shoehorn everybody into... Mm one way of working you know when when we, we look after you know sheep farmers and um you know all sorts you know it, it's just not going to be um easy for them to just sort of move on to a to a you know a, a, an online accounting software so we will have to make sure that we're able to support them and get the information from them to meet those requirements Absolutely. And given, of course, that you are an accountancy um, and finance practice, of course, um, so you, therefore you're well versed in the realm of advice, let's say. Um, we do have a quite young listener base, often of the entrepreneurial mindset that does tune into this particular podcast, Phil. So just for some of those people that may be sort of looking at the um, economic environment at the moment, maybe have a big idea of their own and are thinking about starting a business for themselves. What sort of advice would you as a business leader give to those sorts of individuals to really sort of get them on the road to success during a time like this? The, 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 the best bit of advice is actually, and I know this is sort of a bit counterintuitive, but the best bit of advice is always to seek advice at the start. Go and speak to an accountant if you're going to set up a new business because there are ways of doing it properly and doing it right. And we find if you do it properly to start with and get the right processes and practices and mindset in place from the very start, um, then running the business becomes a lot easier. The book work becomes a lot easier. It's one hassle uh, that you don't need to do. Um, you can then focus on 
the most important bit, as I would see it, which is making money and making a success of your business. Um, so my advice is always before you get too far down a process, always seek advice. I mean, we offer a free consultation with any companies or anyone thinking about setting up in business to sit down with them and just make sure the route they're going down is the best route. And a lot of time when we speak to people like that, you know, they will have spoken to man in pub and that's not always the best person to talk to about these sorts of things, if I'm being honest. So I would always suggest that, you know, take advantage. Most accountants offer the, the free consultation. My advice is always go and sit down with somebody and just talk through what it is you want to do um, and the best way then of configuring it. Because as you'll know, you know, some people can set up as sole traders. You might be better set up as a limited company. There's various different ways of setting yourself up. And doing that properly first time will invariably save you money. Yeah, certainly. I think it's very important and very sound advice that indeed. And it's quite important in a world where sometimes when, you know, you have sort of someone who's young and ambitious who wants to go and start their own business, maybe they do just want to sort of go gung-ho and try and do it all on their own. And that's just not the way that it works, is it? You've got to understand that you can sort of network, you can approach others, you can seek advice, learn from other people. And essentially, you don't just have to sort of learn the hard way from the hard knocks when things go wrong, because you can, at least initially avoid some of those knockbacks yeah definitely i mean yeah definitely we, we we've seen clients who've come in here who've set themselves up in business limited company or sole trader and they've come in after the first 12 months and the reality is while they've got a perfectly successful business model they've got themselves into a bit of a pickle for a variety of reasons and you'll know you know extracting money out of a limited company there are certain obligations and doing mm. it the wrong way can get you um slightly up a creek without a paddle so i think you know in those situations you are better to take advantage of the expertise that is available you know i always say to my clients i couldn't do the flowers or i couldn't do the uh, the rewiring of a hat but, but i can do your accounts so you know use my experience um because that's what i'm here for really that's what i've trained as you say for, for a number of years for now um and, and taking that advice early is always the better way of doing it absolutely right and i can imagine that of course given that historically a lot of successful small businesses have sort of risen from times of economic hardship that it may well be that you're giving advice like this to various people over the year uh, the next two or three years um and as we sort of preview if we can sort of between now and this time in 2022 phil um as we sort of bid to leave covid behind just before we wrap things up um what are your sort of ambitions for your practice alan brown and where do you see yourselves by this time next year uh, we're certainly uh, looking to move more towards a, you know, a, a more efficient digital workforce um the girls, um, so the girls, the, the my staff um, are looking at how they can work more flexibly, and I'm more than happy to facilitate that. Um, we're we're seeing, which is great, at the moment, a lot of people coming to see us, probably as a result of the pandemic, where either they've lost jobs or been on furlough and, and started to do different things, um, which we're obviously very excited about. MTD for income tax is going to be a big one for us, but again, we're planning on how we turn that into a positive for us and our clients rather than a negative. Um, so really in, in, in the short term, when the short to, to, to midterm, that, that's really our, our focus whilst ensuring um, those clients that need our help for, for non-positive reasons. If you, so, you know, it, it's mm. trouble from the pandemic that we're able to support them as well. 
yeah sounds like plenty on your plate and an important point as well about sort of facilitating flexible working amongst your workforce as well because I think we are at a point in time where we're seeing in certainly the recruitment landscape that you know what people want from their employers um, as job candidates it's starting to change and obviously to act, keep accessing those pools of talent um, businesses business leaders you know you've got to change what you're offering haven't you it's, uh, it's just one of those things that's going to be part of that change that we've talked about already definitely um and i don't think it's a bad thing i think i think there is an element of it was nice when everybody came back into the office because it was nice just to sit and chat and bounce ideas and it's far easier to to bounce ideas off each other while while sitting having a cup of coffee than it is let's be fair on a zoom call or, or a, you know a team's chat or anything else um but having said that what we're also finding is that that, that flexible working is it's a better work-life balance for the staff. It's a better work-life balance for me. Um, and, and really, that's what we want to do. And, and it helps our clients. We, we do still have a lot of clients who want to come in and see us. And, and you know, that's great. Um, and at the moment, we, we, we will still be open for them. But um, I think in the longer term, a more flexible approach will definitely be required. Yeah, it certainly is interesting and changing times, isn't it? Um, Phil, thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us on the Leaders' Council podcast programme this morning. It's been a real pleasure having you. And um, I think as we start to see some of these changes start to really take shape over the year, the next year or so, I'd actually relish the opportunity to welcome you back onto the programme with us because really enjoyed today, found it thoroughly enlightening. I think it would be sort of good to catch up and review where we're at. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Likewise, Phil. And uh, do take care and do stay safe with everything still going on as well. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure welcoming Phil Brown from Alan Brown Accountancy Practice in Worcestershire onto the programme today. And if you feel, having listened to Phil's interview, that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share, then by all means apply to be on the programme at leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, everybody, I'll be off to my usual spot in the local pub and raising a glass to outstanding leadership and If everybody uh, tuning in today is looking forward already to hearing the next episode of our Leaders' Council in Conversation podcast, then by all means do tune in over the next few days because we'll have far more to share with you. Until that next time, take care and goodbye.